Blog Talk Radio. This is BC Radio Live with Philip and Eric. Live online at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. All right, well, we have our funky fresh music going. Never quite understood what what the ramifications are. Turn it down. See, Phillips got it set low as it'll go. It's still too loud, so I'll just stop it. So anyway, how you doing out there? It's BC Radio Live. I'm Eric Olson. We're here every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Philip usually is our uh, MC, Master of Ceremonies, runs the board, does all the tech stuff. He's our super cool host guy, but he is not with us this evening. So I will be attempting to run the board and do all that nonsense, which I don't do all that often, but heck, it's kind of fun. I've, I do have like 30 years of radio, so I should be able to handle it. And with me this evening is the lovely, charming, and talented executive editor of Blog Critics, BC Magazine, and it's Lisa McKay. How are you, Lisa? I'm okay. How are you? Well, we had a interesting, somewhat trying day. As as you know, we have had a enormous influx of new writers signing up because we've been getting a big promotional push from our benevolent overlords at Technorati, which is very exciting. It's really cool, and I think I've signed up uh, 500 new writers. <laughs> we are in, totally hopping. <laughs> it's amazing. In in like two weeks. And, wow. And, you know, just when I think, okay, I mean, i got to be getting caught up, there's still 200 to go. And the reason for that is is, is because like, we keep getting – 30, 40 more sign-ups every day. I finally yesterday figured it out. It shows you how fragmented my brain is, why we were still getting so many that, uh, you know, a full week after uh, Richard Jalachandra, who's the CEO of Technorati, put up this blog post on the Technorati blog, um, you know, basically explaining our, our new deal with the tag articles and inviting people to join and all that. Well, I, what I should remember, because I do the promos once a week, there's a promo up on on Technorati that's, you know, every page of Technorati that gets millions of page views a day that that uh, that promos that very blog post. So, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people are, are clicking over and reading that, and uh, that's why we keep getting people signing up. That should actually be changing by, in theory, today, although I'm not sure if the change was made or not. I think they do it later in the evening, and that's West Coast time on Wednesdays. So anyway, it should be slowing down, which is really a good thing, because while we are absolutely excited, thrilled, and delighted with all this fresh blood, as you know better than any other human being, it it takes a lot of effort to train new members. And when you have a vast influx of new members, that's a lot of training. That's a lot of training, and as usual, our editorial staff has risen to the occasion. We've got a lot of people working really hard behind the scenes to get people up to speed. It's been a lot of work, and I think, you know, most of the time it's a lot of fun. Well, sure, it is. You're right. And, and we you know, it, it's so easy to get bogged down and caught up in all the, you know, minutiae of things. But, you know, the bottom line is, is, Man, we got 500 new writers signed up, 200 yeah. more to go. If you figure 
excuse me, even lower ratio than kind of the norm, which is somewhere around half of the people who sign up actually end up participating, and about half of those end up participating, you know, beyond one or two posts. Uh, but, you know, still, if a quarter of 700 people, that's an enormous number of new people. And we've seen a lot of really good stuff. And what's neat to see is is, is we're branching out with all these new people it's because they're not just coming the usual route of, of reading blog critics, seeing what we do, getting excited about that, and then signing up. So we're getting a much broader base, and, and I hope, and I think it, it, it will be true, that a lot of those people will want to also be blog critics writers besides doing these rather specialized tag articles for the Technorati site itself. And uh, so we really should be seeing, a, you know, well, and we already are, a real influx of of uh, new territory and new perspectives and new points of view, and that's really what keeps things fresh, and that's what keeps it fun. And and uh, you know we turn corners and get into new areas and start covering new things, and and all of that is great. Well, I you know it's five after. I'm I'm really really hoping that we hear from our guest. I imagine I believe I do have a phone number, uh, an emergency number to call. So. I may I may leave it to you, Lisa, if we don't hear in a few more minutes from our guest. But uh, she is a rather impressive figure, I must say. Uh, her name is Marshawn Evans. She's a lawyer, and her book is Skirts in the Boardroom, and that is S K I R T S, and it does stand for something. We won't we won't reveal that yet. But uh, Skirts in the Boardroom is the book, and a woman's survival guide to success in business and life. And this is certainly a time where Anyone and everyone, not just women, of course, but anyone can really use help honing their skills as far as uh, obtaining and then performing on the job. And not only is uh, Marshawn an author, she's an entertainment attorney, founder of Marshawn Evans Unlimited, a corporate life enrichment consulting firm focused on peak performance, diversity, workplace readiness, and dynamic leadership strategies for women. She is also a former Miss America finalist, and she was one of the stars of season four on NBC's The Apprentice with Donald Trump. Holy cats. So she really is a star, and uh, you know we, we certainly hope to be hearing from her. As I said, I do have a, a backup. I've got to track that down. I, I actually have that backup number, Eric. Do you? In my well, mail, yes. Excellent. Well, maybe you would like to, if you wouldn't mind, uh, go ahead and make the call, and, and I'll just keep blabbing along like the fool that I am. I will do that. I shall disconnect and call, and I'll call you back. Thank you ever, ever so much. All right, so Lisa's going to perform that service for us, which we really appreciate trying to track down Marshawn Evans, who, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was supposed to be calling at, uh, at 9, this is really not unusual, which is why we finally, finally got wise and started insisting on having emergency numbers to call people because people do get distracted. They're doing other interviews. Uh, they're leading their lives. You know, if, if she's on East Coast time, it is 9 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. So, heck, she could be watching TV for all that matter. But anyway, we finally learned that, uh, you know, it's not worth losing, uh, what, a quarter, a 20% maybe of the interviews that just don't show up, whereas if you have a phone number, you can track them down. So uh, I think uh, I think we will proceed with that. So anyway, we were talking about my day and what a, what a freaky day it was, 
And so I get home. No, I don't get home. I'm working feverishly on signing up all these new people. Again, I've got over 200 left to go. I've signed up 500. They're pouring in the new sign-ups. It's cool. It's exciting. But it is also pressing and tedious. So I get a call from my wife. Our month-old minivan, brand-new minivan, few hundred miles on it, dead, won't start, nothing, just laying there like an inert lump. And she had tried to get under the hood because obviously I was going to come over then. Fortunately, I only work uh, blocks away from our house, so that's very convenient and keeps the, uh, <laughs> keeps the gas prices down. Uh, I fill up like once a month. People stare at me in disbelief. Oh, yeah, I'm filling up once a month. So uh, now it doesn't matter so much, but when we were hitting $4 a gallon, it was a pretty big deal. So anyway, I get over there, and she can't get the hood up. And I thought, oh, you know, being a woman, she can't, doesn't know how to use the, the hood release. Well, certainly she did know how to use it. It was broken, too. So how did this happen? When did this happen? Has it always been that way? You know, what's going on? It's, it's madness. Really, really frustrating. So we, not only is the car dead, but we can't jump it to get it started. So then we have to call the dealer. They call a tow truck. A tow truck comes. Because we couldn't move it, it couldn't drive it, I had to push it. So it's facing sideways, so they can't get at it to tow it away without pulling it. So he finally, the, the tow truck guy, and this was when I was back by then back at work, he finally figured out how to open up. I guess he had to reach way, way, way inside, and he found the latch up inside of it and, and was able to get it released. But definitely the interior release is broken. So um, he got it started, I guess, apparently, and uh, turned around and hauled off to the dealer, and we'll see. But, you know, my wife, man, she wants a new car because uh, she's going, if I can't rely on this thing, you know, after only a month, why on earth would the battery be dead? Nothing was left on. You know, just on and on. It's a nightmare. So that's my day. And, uh, oh, 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 and then to top it off, uh, here, I see callers. That is good. Who have we now on line two, 203? Is that Lisa back? I'm 203. So you are back. I am back. Uh, I did get I did get Marshawn's voicemail. Did you now? And I, I left her a message. <laughs> what area code is she? Um, let's see. It's 972. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. It's just one of those days. I was just telling the story about the the car because, you know, it fills time and it's mildly amusing. And there's probably no one on earth, well, in the United States anyway, who hasn't had. We're just really hoping it's not a lemon. You know, good God, that's just the last thing we need. You know, I mean, who has a broken hood latch a, a month into it? And, of course, she's positive, Don's positive that they did, they messed something up. When we had it in a week ago, we see we got the car literally on New Year's Eve. So they were closing up; they weren't going to do anything. So we were supposed to bring it back to get kind of the final, uh, you know, fill it up with gas and wash it cl- carefully and make sure everything's prepped and ready to go and if, ask any questions and instructions. Well, we didn't get around to that for like you know for weeks because we, there was conflicts and. She needed the car and, you know, just delays and this and that. So she finally got it done. The other thing was uh, the car came with uh, – <laughs> it was not convenient. It came with uh, XM, and, of course, we have Sirius. <laughs> so, yeah, like we need three accounts. 
So anyway, they they had to install it still. I guess they still have to install it, even though it's it comes with it, quote unquote. I guess it's not really built in. Uh, and so that was the other thing they were doing. So this was just about a week ago that it was in having these various things done to it. So it, it seems more than coincidental that a week later, you know, I mean, she's certain that something happened to it, and you know, it's all messed up. So uh, I. I I'm hoping there's a reasonable explanation for why the battery was dead and and why the uh, latch, the interior lat, hood hood latch is broken, you know, uh, yeah. a month, again, a month in. Because, I, you know, unless they literally have the same car with the same features, uh, which I'm positive they don't, sitting around there, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy or convenient to – Switch to trade cars, and of course they're not going to want to do that anyway. You know the lemon, yeah, the lemon stuff doesn't kick in till, till you have a series of problems. So yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. But you know I don't blame her either. I mean when she's driving, she usually has you know one or both of the kids, little kids, five and a nine year old, and uh, you know she doesn't want to get stuck anywhere. And we're still certainly in the middle of winter here, although it was nice to, to have this thaw. Have you have you had that in Connecticut? We have. We had temperatures up in the 50s today. We hit 60 today, if you can believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, walking around late this afternoon without a coat on outdoors. It was quite comfortable. Very, very pleasant. And we had we had just a ton of snow. I, I don't, you know, I mean, it's been years and years and years since we've had this much snow stick around, you know, because it's just really been accumulating since um, I, I think since just before Christmas, I don't think we've had any thaw, uh, thaw at all since yeah, before. Yeah, we've, we've had way more than we normally get, and we we live on the shoreline, so we tend not to get as much snowfall anyway. But normally, our really heavy winter weather doesn't begin to set in until January, and we certainly had our first major snowstorm a week before Christmas this year. Yeah, well, and that was the same had, one we had, of course. That you know yeah, came, came through here on the way to you, I'm sure. Yeah, we certainly haven't had as much as you guys have had, but we've had more than than our norm. Yeah, and I I hate February. Do you like February? I think no. I re- I remember here. reading an email from you. I think just among the editors or something that February is the worst month, and yeah, it really is because you know you're 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 getting really pretty tired of winter. You know, December, yeah, hey, yeah. it's all kind of fun, and leading up to Christmas, and you and you. That's a whole other subject that I, I think about kind of more and more each year. Why does all the festivity, you know, have to end right at New Year's? Because so much of of what you're celebrating, especially if you're not particularly religious, leading up to Christmas and New Year's is is winter. You know. Uh, the yeah. TV shows are a lot of them. They're about winter. They're not about you know the religious aspects of it. They're about winter. You're celebrating winter. Many of the songs, you know, they're about winter. Walking in a winter wonderland, you know. But I mean, it. Our mentality, our culture, is that I mean, if you if you play, you know, a, a Christmas song a week after New Year's, I mean, people just you know. You're insane. I mean, it's some sort of mad violation. And uh-huh. I, I've noticed in our area, there's a few bold, and there seems to be like one more each year. So we're up to like four or five. It kind of in the general area of Aurora, where people are leaving up their Christmas lights like till now. It's it. I don't remember that before. You know. That is pretty. That is holding on like sort of till the last 
second, I it's think. It's really, really <laughs> holding on. And and one of them happens to be our friend. So I, you know, I asked her, and she said, oh, it's winter. I'm celebrating winter. And I've taken down all my Christmas stuff and my Santa Clauses and all that. This is a woman who decorates. Uh, but uh, she's, she's left up the snowmen, you know. And I noticed Dawn, she's Dawn too, the, the two Dawns. There's actually three Dawns that are, that are friends here, and they're all about the same age. It's really pretty funny. But because uh, uh, I haven't known a lot of Dawns in my life. Have, have you? Actually, I think your Dawn is the, the first Dawn that I've known well. I think um, for me too. I, I, I knew, you know, I, I've known a peripheral Dawn or two, but not I've not really had a, a Dawn in my immediate circle of acquaintances, no. My... Um, my brother-in-law, in other words, my sister's husband, I, his his sister is Dawn, and I have you know I've met her and spent a little time, but I haven't seen her in 20 years probably. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Dawns, uh, uh, I think I think that our friend Dawn has rubbed off a bit on my Dawn because I noticed she left has left stuff up longer this year, but very very careful about what, you know, like no Santa Claus, and the color scheme changes away from red, and it shifts over more to the silver, you know, and the, and the white, yeah. more the really specifically wintry. It's, it's yeah. actually subtle. It's pretty subtle, and, and it's, it, it's interesting. But anyway, what, uh, as, as we were saying, um, it's, it really has been pretty crazy weather-wise, uh, kind of in all directions uh, this year. And uh, we've sure seen a lot of that here in Ohio for some time now. And I, there's no question in my mind it is a reflection of a change in the climate, whether that's caused by global warming or whatever. We just we just see more extremes, you know, almost all the time. It's, it's always, it seems like it's always either warmer than usual, colder than usual, you know, snowier than usual, rainier than usual, drier than usual, just more, 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 more. But uh, certainly the overall trend, and, you know, they're, they're starting to talk about it more around here because it really is a trend, is, is you know, quite notably, I mean, you know, by degrees, several degrees, you know, the average temperature yeah. is, is warmer here than 20 years ago. And, yeah. you know, I remember being here, I'm from California, but we moved here when I was going into high school, and... The first house we lived in, and, and I'm, if I haven't said yet, for people listening, I'm in northeast Ohio. Um, and, and the first house we lived in had a pond in the backyard. That pond, pretty good-sized pond, small lake, big pond, froze over every year when I was a kid in high school. Froze over, people were ice skating on it. Well, other than this year, perhaps, when pretty much everything got frozen over because we've had such extended periods of cold here through uh, in January – uh, I don't think it's been, you know, frozen over the whole thing, uh, you know, more than a, a few times, a couple times out of the last ten years or so. And yeah. you know, there's just no question that that we've seen changes. And and by the way, that this nice balmy 50s up to 60 degree weather uh, coming behind it, <laughs> hitting us tonight. So I imagine you tomorrow is tremendous thunderstorms and wind. Wind and rain, and the oh. temperature going back down, I guess, tonight for us into the mid-30s. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we've, we've kind of done our best with, uh, with Marshawn. We've, we've, we've held out for 19 minutes, and, yeah. uh, and you called her, 
So anything else you would care to talk about? We could certainly go, you know, we can, we can do the half hour thing. We have we always have plenty to chat about. You want to talk about um you know anything else going on for another 10. We can we can always kill another 10, man. We can always kill another 10. I I totally hear what you're saying about the uh the the colder winters uh when we were kids though cuz I can remember uh you know, when I was a kid, we used to go pond skating quite a lot in the winter, and I, I grew up in this area, and I can't, I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a pond around here that I would dare skate on in the winter well, time. You, I imagine you heard what happened near here, not to, not right here, but I don't know, 60, 70 miles to the west on Lake Erie. Did you hear about the rescue? I did not. I did not. Oh, my Lord. Well, this shows you how desperate people are. To get out on the ice, there was a, a it wasn't a single party, but I guess there were you know it was kind of like a group or or or, or some loosely connected groups. Three to five hundred people were out on the lake ice fishing, and not just out there physically, but they had snowmobiles and trucks and vehicles and whatnot, and they could have gone. Any day this month, and they would have been fine. But they picked the day to go when it was 50 degrees, and everything was melting. And, and they got stranded. They got stranded out there. This huge ice uh, uh, flow broke off and was floating out. And, and some guy uh, 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 had a heart attack and died. At first they thought he drowned, but I guess he actually had a heart attack. Uh, oh in God. his car... And, I mean, they had to literally rescue, you know, a uh, uh, helicopter out. I mean, this was a very expensive undertaking. Uh, uh, well over 100 people had to be literally, you know, emergency rescued off the ice. And, boy, I'll tell you, the the public outcry around here is, what a bunch of idiots! I mean, it was just well, yeah. absolutely you know, unequivocal. There was no support for these boneheads. And people are saying, make them pay for it, you know, fine them, make them pay for this rescue because there's just no way in hell they should have been out there. I mean, what, you can't look at a weather report? You know, you don't don't feel that it's 50 degrees when you're out there and that that may have some impact on the ice? (laughs) I mean, people are just incredulous. How can this be, you know? How can you and they had kids out there and everything. I mean, it was just terrible. So are they going to make these folks uh, pony up for the uh, cost of the rescue? Effort? I don't know. I haven't heard if there's been any sort of um, – I haven't followed it that closely since the day of. Uh, I hadn't heard – I will check into that – if there's been any sort of determination uh, on that yet. But there was certainly a very large public outcry about it, I'll tell you, because it was it was very expensive. And it was really, really stupid. And it just shows it you how really stupid people can be. Yeah. I, I, yeah there's, pro- there's probably a mass, there's probably a mob mentality to it. You know, people tend to feel safer when there's a bunch of people around them doing the same thing, not thinking, sure. oh, we could all die this way. Yeah. Yeah, we have people in this neck of the woods who will take very small boats out onto Long Island Sound when there's, you know, hurricane force winds <laughs> being forecast and, you know, the Coast Guard has to go out and, and save them from dying. And it's just, I'm always kind of amazed at the things that people can think up 
to put themselves needlessly at risk. So, so true. And, you of know, course. yeah, okay, they should rescue them. I don't, I don't say let them, you know, croak because they're so stupid. But sure. there really should be some consequence. I think they finally started that in some of the, you know, really uh, 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 very difficult terrain, you know, out west. I think the mountain west. They finally... Uh, you know, if you if you haven't gone through proper channels, and if you've gone out, you know, contrary to to warnings and whatnot, you know, um, coming from the park service or whoever, forest service, the weather people, whoever whoever does such things, um, you know, they they will charge you if they have to rescue you because yeah, you know, if you think about it, I mean, it's it can be hugely expensive. Plus, it's it's traumatic, you know, because people care, you know, they don't want anything to happen to you. Well, it also puts other people's lives at risk. I mean, those rescuers risking their own safety when they go out to save people who are in perilous places. That's an excellent point. You're right. So, it, you know, you're not only risking your own stupid neck, you're risking the neck of the people that are forced to then save you from your own stupidity. That is an excellent point that we yeah. often don't think of, and I hadn't mentioned and hadn't really thought of either. You're, you're right. You, you, those people are in danger uh, in, in trying to rescue you, and it's not unusual at all for people to be hurt or killed, you know, as part of a, a, a rescue operation. That, you know, yeah. that is not unusual at all. Yeah. The biggest news story that we have had around here, of course, in months, and if you watched uh, local television, and by local, we get a lot of our local network feeds from New York City, is, of course, the U.S. air flight that went down in the Hudson River. That's been all over the news pretty much every day since it happened. You're kidding. It's continued yeah. all this time, huh? So well, I saw that the crew, the captain and the crew were, were honored by, what, the city, right, of New York? Yes. He got the key to the city. Um, and of course, he's you know he's done the interview rounds with with Katie Couric, and uh, I guess he's been on 60 Minutes and all, and just an incredibly you know like if you were going to be on a flight that didn't turn out so well, this is really the guy you'd want. He was the we're talking about you'd the really right guy at the right place. Boy, was he ever! I don't know how familiar you are with that part of uh, the Hudson River where that plane went down. But, Only uh, just from seeing, you know, this event. It's it's literally, you know, you've got Midtown Manhattan on one side of you. Looming. And an, <laughs> looming. And an incredibly densely populated uh, shoreline of New Jersey on the other side of the river. I mean, it's, it's not a very big waterway. There's no it's, margin of error. There's no margin of error. It's hugely busy at almost, you know, 24 hours a day. There are tankers. There are uh, the giant cruise ships, you know, like the, the really, really big ones. Yeah. Not there, like right by where that plane went down. Wow. Um, so, I mean, when you sort of think about the, the you know, the possible things that, that could have gone wrong and didn't, it really is an amazing story. It's the feel-good story of 2009. Yeah, it really was remarkable. You, I, I, I kind of watched it unfold because I happened to be where TVs were when it was going on. And I remember we were uh, still right in the midst of our basement being, um, you know, <laughs> worked on. 
uh, and uh, it's still not really finished, but that's because we haven't done a whole lot in the last several days ourselves. It's getting close, um, but um, still not quite there. Anyway, so so we didn't we weren't able to use our uh, our exercise equipment in the gym, which is kind of really the only way normally we're able to do it because we don't get to it till late at night and we get you know we get the kids down and then we sneak down to the basement and and do our thing but uh, anyway we weren't able to do that at that point so we were going over to the the local gym here just a few blocks away and and it was on the TV there and so I saw a fair amount of it kind of unfolding there and then uh some here uh I I never have TV too close to me at work, which is pretty funny because at home we have like you know eleven TVs. But uh, I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Uh, the uh, but you know there's one a few rooms away, and so I can I can hear it at least if I put it on you know hear what's going on. So and my mother uh, my office is at my parents' house, which is which is very nice of them by golly all this time. I've had an office at my parents' house now for like eighteen years uh, or nineteen years. Which is a long time. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I heard it unfold, and, 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 and as that's going on, it kind of seems inevitable, you know. It, 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 as things are happening, and then certainly kind of immediately after they happen, it seems like, well, of course it went that way. That's the way it was supposed to go. It seems inevitable, especially when it's positive, you know, especially when it comes out right. well. But there was nothing inevitable about that at all. It could have been a total and utter disaster. It could have been not only, you know, everyone on the plane killed, but they could have, you know, slammed into buildings, slammed into people, yeah. you know, I mean, any number of things. Yeah. Hit a yeah, boat. Pretty interesting. So it, it really was uh, an amazing thing. And I guess he, you know, the, those who are in the know say that, you know his his uh, his abilities to to bring that plane in you know the way he did and no one being killed and really you know not too many even bad injuries um was was truly remarkable you know yeah. it really was so yeah that's a nice that that's a good story that you know i i begrudge anything that the pilot uh, gets any notoriety any anything from now on i begrudge him None, you know, because yeah, it's not like he was looking for it, you know. That's for sure. Well, we we made it to the half hour mark, so we did. You know, I think the and we we could easily chat much longer, but uh, I guess we will take advantage of the fact that we only had one guest scheduled for the evening, and uh, for for whatever reason, she has uh, she has denied us her presence. I'm sure there's a good reason. Uh, there always is. <laughs> I, I, you know, when we first started, you know, now uh, a fair amount over a year ago, a year and a few months ago. It was November, I guess, of, of a year ago. November of 07. Um, oh, it just troubled me, you know, to no end if there were problems and someone didn't show up or they didn't call in or weren't able to track them down even with the phone number and stuff like that. Or if I didn't have a phone number, of course. You know, and, and, and I'd... I'd, I'd follow up afterwards and, you know, hound the PR guy. Well, you know, what happened? I want an explanation. Man, I I can't remember the last time I checked up on anyone. You know, they just, <laughs> they're just gone. Water under the bridge. See ya. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever be talking to uh, Marshawn or not or if we'll just kind of 
continue moving on and going with the flow. We're we're in a much more laissez-faire type approach these days. Really, really for the last six months, I suppose, since since the Technorati stuff came together, just because we got other things we have to do. Yeah, we do. We have other priorities, you know. This is fun and all, but it's not the it's not the center of of things. And uh, Sean's not doing the daytime show anymore, so that's that's kind of sad. I'm kind of sad about oh. that. But uh, he'd been doing it for a long time, and he's got a lot of other things going on, and and uh, so he's taking a break from that for a while at least. But you know, I haven't done anything on that since in this time frame either. You know, several yeah. five six months. So it's not like I would be taking advantage of it. All right. Well, it was certainly nice chatting with you and have an excellent rest of your evening. And oh, guess what we've been watching? I knew I knew the kids would like this. I knew it. I knew it. I, I positive Lily would. Didn't know about Alex. He's, you know, 5. Uh wasn't sure, not always sure how he's going to how he's going to roll with uh with the entertainment. But uh I got a box set. It was a super great deal. It was one of those, you know, 1 hour uh, amazing uh, gold box deals on Amazon uh, where I got every Frankie and Annette movie box set for like 15 bucks. Oh, you're kidding me. No, it's eight movies wow. and uh, on four discs. So so <laughs> we, we <laughs> I didn't do anything with them for a while. Finally, we uh, I, with some trepidation, <laughs> I put it on. <laughs> I put it on couple nights ago. And they loved it. They thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. Just bizarre. Who are these people? What is this era? What why are they talking like that? What are they doing? What's what what does this mean? They thought they thought it was so funny. They love Eric von Zipper, you know, with the finger, the the motorcycle gang. And yeah. the quote unquote motorcycle gang. And it's just hilarious. So we uh, and there I it cracks me up how funny they think it is. So we watched two of them uh, the other night, two in a row. We watched we watched uh, Beach Blanket Bingo and How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. And then wow. tonight, tonight we went back to the beginning. We went back to the first one, which was Beach Party. And then they were starting on the second one, which is some, the title is some variation, derivation of Beach Party. And they were watching that when I left. So I'll probably go back and see the see the tail end of that. But you know, I mean, they're really silly and and absurd. But but there's an interesting amount of genuine absurdity to it. It's so stylized that it couldn't have been by accident. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How 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 nutty it is and how silly and goofy yep. it is. So yep. I'm I'm terribly amused. And of course, the other part of it is these were filmed. You know, miles from where I grew up. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, and even you know, it's mid '60s. You know, so I was around. I was a little kid, but I was I was there. You know, I was going to the beach, and uh, you know, so it's it's certainly nostalgic too. Although, I don't think there was ever an actual beach world <laughs> as they presented. <laughs> it, it was both far less innocent. And in some ways, far more innocent than they than they yeah. present it. You know, they they always show the middle. You know, they don't show the 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 two ends that are much more like reality. The right, right. The, the way more and the way less. 
All right. Well, have a good evening. You Thanks. too, Eric. Take nice care. Nice chatting with you, Lisa. Likewise. Okay. Bye-bye.